Hey, Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Skiba News Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. I don't care what it costs. I want to know what the truth is. And I hope that people, my son, anybody, if my name comes up, whether you like me, whether you agree with me or not, at least you could respect the fact that he's on a quest for truth. He's on a quest for truth. Welcome to Skiba News Nation. Bringing you unfiltered views, news, interviews, discussions, and more. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Skiba, award-winning musician and son of Rob Skiba. Hey, Skiba News Nation family. Welcome to episode 24 of Skiba News Nation. I'm your host, Jeremiah Skiba, and we have a very, very special episode for you guys this week uh, because my great co-host, Jake Grant, is in studio with us. Welcome, Jake. What's up, Jeremiah? <laughs> we're this close. I'm here in person. <laughs> this week, we're going to be talking about USA southern border to deter invasion. The United Nations Environment Control Plan, yay, aka Kanye West, warns us about how they will control us. Moon Trip IQ Test, Globalist McDonald's, Died Suddenly Trailer, The Refusers Are Mentally Ill Could Be Forced, Spikes in Excess Mortality, What Is Causing It? The Coming Worker Shortage Due to the Lack of Skill and Will, An All New Opus Corner, and for history, we're going to be talking about Houdini murdered for exposing the spiritualists and the hypocrisy of the left, means, and much more. So stay tuned. All right, Jake, well, do you want to jump right into uh, our live version of Skiba News Nation? Yeah, I'm excited. We got some great news stories for you guys today, and uh, it's great to be here in person to be able to chat with you and kind of bounce around some thoughts on uh, the current news. Let's get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> So I thought it was very important to start our show off today with some of these pictures. Let's uh, bring these up on screen here. <laughs> Not sure if it's 2022 or if it's 1984. That's true. Now, uh, of course, if you're familiar with the, the, no the novel that is titled 1984, you're familiar with the constant war against truth. Uh, that uh, the book kind of describes and we're literally living through a very similar situation in today's world in 2022 where the truth is censored um, and where things that the woke media doesn't want to publish are buried deep under the ground and yep. so you know that's why we do shows like this because we want to trumpet the truth we want to be on a quest for the truth and uh, it's important to not lay down 
one of the most important rights we have here in the Western world, which is our freedom of speech, which, uh, you know, along with that comes a lot of our other freedoms, like the, our freedom of faith, our freedom to stand up against tyranny, our freedom to uh, not follow freedom of guns, uh, freedom, of, you know, Second Amendment. You know, yeah. we're, we're just dealing with First Amendment now, but Second Amendment and um, to speak about things like that, like the attack on the other freedoms that we have. Um, you know, these are so important. And so whenever the draconian information controlling state steps into power and they remove our ability to voice our concerns about certain topics, Hey, they're, they're attacking that first amendment, man. And, um, that's when it starts getting scary. Yeah, it, it does. And it has been a very scary past two years with, uh, all the different things falling on the world stage as the, the great economic reset is happening as the, the great, uh, constriction of the new world order the bow constrictor new world order representation tightens its grip on humanity uh through protocols and mandates and all these different things are are what's important to us to unpack and uncover so let's show this next picture <laughs> I know if uh, you're familiar with king of the hill mm -hmm. cartoon it's based uh, <laughs> right here in Dallas <laughs> oh really I didn't yeah. know that um, 1997, Dale Gribble, uh, was considered a paranoid conspiracy theorist. In 2022, Dale Gribble is sounding more sane each week. That's true. All right, let's go to our next picture here. See, the, the truth is, is we are all under a trance. For most, the spell can't be broken. And, um, and I love the, the lingual breakdown of how... Uh, spellcraft and spelling is tied to language and its use over mankind and how it's the power of words that can convince the masses. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's, man, it's just uh, people today, they have to realize that there is such a thing as conspiracy. Conspiracy is just a, numer a, a number of people working together to convince the other out of the no people to follow a, a set guideline or plan yep. so that those who are in the know can grow in power and wealth and prestige and, and whatever. Um, often it's just boils down to the love of money and just simple root human emotions and drives. And it seems to be this cascading evil empire, but oftentimes it's just, you know, people, uh, they like to, I don't know, coddle themselves and in, in their own kind of wealth and, and uh, prestige. And so there's like this group think effect that happens where we have political correctness is then forced on the population. Yeah. But who gets to decide what's politically correct? The fact checkers. The fact checkers. And they all have blue hair, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah. with all that shared, you know, this is a, a continuing battle with Skiba News Nation, and we're fighting a, a multinational corporate war with the power of memes. And YouTube. And YouTube. Trying uh, to block us. <laughs> At least we're still on the platform. Hey, I'm grateful for that. You know? Yeah, thank you, YouTube. Uh, but that leads us into uh, some cutting news. Uh, we have uh, some stories uh, that I found interesting about a interesting event at the southern U.S. border. Let's go ahead and check out this uh, video. This is Dabu7. And it seems the mainstream media wants to turn a cheek to what's happening at the border. But you just can't turn a blind eye to what's happening there because this invasion is getting larger and larger. 
and that's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it's been dubbed at this point by the Texas governor. And he is now sending out these armored tanks, these M113 armored personal carriers to various positions along the border with troops. And this is after he threatened to send gunboats down into the area to stop this influx of migrants at the border. On the live show, I showed thermal drone images of these armies of people crossing the border daily. A shout out to Dark Sky Watcher down there in Arizona working the border. The work is appreciated, my brother. He's tracking down coyotes and drug smugglers and all this other stuff. And coyotes are people that smuggle people, human traffickers and things of that nature. And they're coming across a lot of it. So at this point, these heavily armored vehicles that move on tracks are being put down on the border with troops to run them. And as of right now, it is unclear if these vehicles here will be equipped with weapons because they can equip heavy machine guns and grenade launchers on these types of vehicles. This is wow. an update of what's going on down at the border as tens of thousands of millions of people are crossing that border into this country, if anyone cares. <laughs> I'll leave links below. Follow me on Twitter for more. It's been Dapu7. Peace. Well, Jeremiah, this goes really great with a video you're going to share later on during our history segment yep. uh, regarding the whole border topic. And uh, and it's interesting to me that there is such kind of a, a military response to the number of uh, people crossing the border. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be in contrast to what the narrative from kind of the left-leaning media and politics has been sharing of open arms welcoming people in droves as they enter the country illegally uh and and this is just a, an ongoing topic over the past few years and and the reason sometimes it is concerning as waves and waves of people enter into a society illegally is the very same thing we saw in parts of europe where uh syrian refugees and refugees from a lot of the the wars in the middle east would enter into european countries and have uh no basis for assimilating into that society into that culture and so you'd have all kinds of problems arising like uh the the number of uh sexual assaults aggravated mm -hmm. sexual assaults would go through the roof uh you would have all these different examples of uh you know military age men coming into your society who don't want to learn your language, don't want to abide by your laws or rules, but they're leaving one country of destitution and they're bringing sometimes some of those bad uh, components of uh, where they're coming from into your society. And it's just, a, you know, something to pay attention to. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they're using military vehicles and, uh, and something, you know, I want to bring up today. Let's check out this video report. The truth is out there.
very interesting UFO photograph that was given to the Ministry of Defense, and uh, and allegedly it was lost, right? Wow. And so this video demonstrates that hey, sometimes even really compelling photographs of some of these extraterrestrial phenomenon or um, you know sightings of giants or bones of giants or Bigfoot, whatever, these things disappear when you bring the authorities in, mm -hmm. like the Smithsonian in the case of uh, large humanoid bones, right? And they try to discredit you and exactly. they call you a conspiracy theorist and that's the new term, crazy. Yep. They try to make that out to be crazy people as conspiracy theorists, but I mean, a lot of them have a lot of credibility to it. Yeah, and especially if they see enough credibility in it that they whisk it away and hide it in some dark underground bunker somewhere. Or like, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, like Indiana Jones. There's a giant warehouse of a lot of boxes. Uh, how interesting that um, in recent years they're starting to admit that, yeah, we did hide the photo away. Uh, so we're, we're, at, we're at fault here that the, there's Sorry, a cover-up. Sorry, but now we're backtracking because we want it to go along with our current narrative. Uh, let's bring up our first news meme here. All right, so... Uh, sometimes it's important to recognize that our clothing is killing us. Um, and this is all tied to the aspect of microplastics and fibers in our food and our drinking water and our clothing. But it says here, 60% of clothing is made with polyester. 33% of household dust is microplastic fibers from mm. polyester clothing. And apparently these fibers settle in our food, our drinking water, and cause DNA damage, infertility, and cancer. Um, so it was just an interesting comment here. We need to return to cotton and linen, uh, which, you know, of course, if you ever looked in kind of the biblical narrative, those are the two main fabrics used, uh, cotton and linen. Um, but anyways, I, I thought that was interesting. Let's Very show interesting. Our, our next picture here. What we think we need, and it's a picture of Black Friday sale. You know, of course, <laughs> we're coming up on these days of people rushing to get their presents for the holiday season. Um, but underneath it says what we really need and it's land, it's a garden, it's nature, it's that peaceful serenity of being able to go out and grab food out of something that you've put your hands into and not have to, you know, fight the hustle and bustle of the, the big city, you know, markets. Um, well, let's share our next picture here. So something that recently happened is the big crypto FTX Ponzi scheme kind of crash. A lot of people lost a lot of money. Uh, this guy is actually breaking records for uh, you know a, a billionaire that's lost most of his wealth in the shortest period of time. Uh, but I, th I thought this was really poignant. Uh, if you think the FTC FTX Ponzi scheme was bad. Wait until you hear about Jekyll Island in 1913. And so, uh, Ooh, this, maybe that'd be a good history topic. I don't know anything about that. Oh man, you, there's so much to this. So the Jekyll Island 1913, uh, event was the formation of the federal reserve. And so a lot of our, uh, banking system today, uh, kind of the, the corporatization of North America, uh, all of these schemes kind of 
were formulated during this meeting on Jekyll Island. And, and there's even some interesting occultic ties mm -hmm. to Jekyll Island. Uh, it, there's a book called It Came from Jekyll Island that was published that exposes a lot of uh, the truth regarding this uh, origin of the, the biggest Ponzi scheme that we're living in right now, which is tied to the social security system. It's tied to the Federal Reserve and, and the American dollar uh, being taken off of uh, the gold standard and being moved to fac fractional reserve banking, uh, which is how uh, enormous exorbitant amounts of debts are able to be levied against the value of people equity, which is what we give away with our birth certificates. All of these are very uh, significant things. And, and people see like scams like the FTX thing and they're like, oh man, people lost so much money in this crypto market crash. And, uh, and people were, you know, convinced to con invest in this system that seemed to be just levied on, I think it was like 10 people that lived in a house. You know, the FTX founder, they had like a, a harem that they all lived together and, and their whole, uh, you know, crypto cartel thing just collapsed overnight and they're siphoning money away. Money away and now I know very little about crypto, but does this have anything to do with the, the GameStop thing? Um, or is that a whole different topic in itself? So the GameStop topic is the premise of uh buying into shorted stocks and shorted stocks means somebody saying i think this stock's going to go down and so that's them betting that it's going to go down and so when a bunch of people buy a shorted stock and somebody who was betting against it is stuck promising that they will buy that stock at a lower number and then the number starts to go up that's when overnight, you know, millionaires can be made because mm -hmm. somebody can invest, a, you know, a couple grand and uh, something that was worth one cent, you know, the day before can be worth, you know, five dollars the next day. And overnight, hey, they got thousands of percent of return. And uh, that is how a lot of these cryptocurrency companies are burning and crashing uh, is because they have over leveraged themselves in the crypto because uh, GameStop is GameStop is more of a traditional stock market. Yeah. Well, crypto they people leverage and short cryptos, and a lot of these exchanges and even a, an exchange that I worked for personally, I worked for a billionaire for a couple months, running his YouTube live stream on Friday nights, um, and that company that I previously worked for uh, just turned belly up and you know pretty much lost all of their customers' money and. They had, you know, FTX had billions of dollars and it pretty much just, you know, evaporated. And so, uh, you know, that, that kind of, uh, I know we're going on about this topic. A yeah, bit, I, I didn't know if it had anything to do with it or not. I was just curious what you, what you had to say about it or like what, what your thoughts were about it. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, interesting time because of the reset that they want to make. The World Economic Forum dubbed these, uh, I think 2021 as the 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 great reset right mm -hmm. and all of these shifting and transition uh periods of money from traditional currencies from uh world banking things to crypto and and all of these uh different things are ways that the elite are siphoning money off and preparing for whatever this next world system is a lot of people believe that the ftx crash 
uh, was a cover-up for uh, funneling millions of dollars into not only Ukraine, but to into the Democratic Party and, mm -hmm. and all these ways of shifting around money because uh, with the cryptocurrency age, the, the ability for billionaires to very quietly and discreetly transition their finances from one place to another is it's it's easier now than ever um and so that's why big things like this ftx thing are something to pay attention to but also realizing that as we transition from the old way of money which was the uh which was the federal reserve system and we transition to a more cryptocurrency backed blockchain financial system the ability for big banks, big corporations, big government to control your life even more just goes through the roof because, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's in the term blockchain. Mm -hmm. You literally, like, you have a block and a chain and it's tied to your key, your signature, your identity. And, uh, and while it's been pushed on us as this great revolutionary technology that help it can help us get outside of the traditional banking system the moment the big banks pick it up and start banning everything else uh we have a serious kind of mark of the beast world currency system that we have to start to learn how to navigate yeah all right is there any more pictures on there opa was that the last was that picture nine all right so uh one more picture here um a news post of justin trudeau is liberals to facilitate suicide for the mentally ill starting in March. And apparently killing the mentally ill is about to become reality in Canada. The liberal voters made it happen. This is unbelievable. Uh, Trudeau's liberals to facilitate suicide for mentally ill. And the reason this is really significant and interesting is something we're going to get on uh, later. And I'll, I'll reference back to this picture, of course. But remember, this topic of... People who are being painted as mentally ill mm -hmm. is very significant because they're also starting to slip in there that people who reject condoned medical experimentation, right, are mm -hmm. now mentally ill because they don't want to go along. And so this is a very interesting thing. I, I just wanted to show this. This is in our uh, Skiba News Nation shop, and it says liberalism is a disease, and uh, they haven't flagged it yet. So if you want to get yourself a liberalism is a disease because of that last topic and because it's true uh it's in our skibanese nation shop that you'll be able to find on uh, youtube it's actually my favorite design in there <laughs> one of my favorites that's a good one all right we have one more picture here i think so <laughs> this is tied to some of the spellcraft and the the way that people are co coerced and convinced to think and behave in a certain pattern uh and uh you know th this is just the word it, it goes right along you have a picture here of a witch casting spells right making a circle reading her secret words you know and yep. then we have underneath it a picture of broadcasting which is uh you know people speaking words to the nations right mm -hmm. and uh, because spellcraft and the way that mankind's mind can be coerced into thinking patterns that are to their detriment, um, it's so telling that, you know, that picture really just lays it out is people are being brainwashed. People oh, are yeah. being uh, coerced into agendas 
but they don't even understand why they're supporting one side over another or whatever, or why one person's a bigot or one person's not. And, uh, and it really does. It, it kind of, it tells this tale of, of a, a type of witchcraft mm-hmm. that is being conducted on mankind because of the power of technology. But however, wow. you know, like Scuba News Nation, we can use technology for good too. Yep. And so we could call ourselves in a way like wizard warriors. You know, we're fighting the, the witches of the new world order, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe there's a cooler way to say that. But, uh, you know, I, I've heard a comedian that I, I like to listen to uh, dub the process of breaking down spellcraft and the tricky navigation of uh, lingual coercion as slaying wizards, right? So maybe we'd have to make a t-shirt. Yeah, sounds good to me. So if you guys like that, let us know in the comments. Tell us, you know, how we should phrase it. But we're breaking down the spellcraft of today's world. And so uh, what does it mean to defeat modern witchcraft? (laughs) Awesome. All right, so that brings us into uh, the next video. It's a video regarding the UN's plan to control the world. And it's very uh, relevant to some of these pictures we just previously shared. United Nations Agenda 21, Sustainable Development. It is the inventory and control plan. Inventory and control of all land, all water, all minerals, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, all food, all energy, all information, and all human beings in the world. And this is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations back in 1992. It's a United Nations plan. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. And so many of us around the world think that sustainable development, it just sounds so great. Isn't it about recycling and creative reuse and creating energy and food resources for everyone and the answer is no it really is not it's about moving populations into city centers concentrated city centers and clearing them out of the rural areas it's constructed of non-governmental organizations corporations and government in order to dictate and regulate what it is that happens around the world regionalization is the stepping stone to globalization and globalization is the standardization of all systems all systems have to be brought into harmony in order to control them all and the goal of agenda 21 is one world government and total control from a central unit the principles are public private partnerships which is fascism and this is how it's implemented on the ground is through this joining together between corporations non-governmental organizations and governments in order to cut out the actual individual your voter and instead to take that to a level where we literally cannot penetrate this is a corporatocracy it's a totalitarian state being developed right now all over the world while we are moving towards the end game we are not there And this is the opportunity that all of us have now to stand up, to speak out. We are free and we need to continue to be free. And I do believe that we will win, but we have to become aware that there is a fight. So, yeah, man, it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, that's what the Bible tells us, right? In the end Mm -hmm. times, there is world government. There is mass population, you know, just 
evil things that are going to happen. And, and it's really interesting to me that they talk about the main things they're seeking to control are, are people's food independence, people's, uh, that live outside of the cities. They are coercing to come into the city centers. Uh, they're trying to control our thought process. They're trying to control our teaching of our children. They're mm -hmm. trying to control our just pretty much any area of freedom. And this precursor to some of the recent big economic world forum meetings and and the uh, health you know world WHO meetings and the Great Reset World Economic Meeting you know all of these uh, kind of were set up in some of these earlier uh, UN plans. Right. And it's so interesting to see it playing out. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that video? I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you about the uh, it, ha it has to get worse before it gets better. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, it's been the truth forever. I mean, what, what are your thoughts about? Uh, I know in the Bible it, it says something about the last Trump and before. You know, it, it's it's in the like it says that it's not like a typo or yeah. anything. And so my dad didn't believe that it really meant that, but he also believed that take the Bible literally. So he was kind of like, you know, I don't know. So do you think maybe the last Trump is, you know, before the end times? You think tied to the figure Trump? Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, all that I've come to realize with scripture is that I don't know much, but that there are layered aspects to biblical prophecy and in a way i think it's it's kind of a wink to the days that we're living in because uh i've heard it said prophecy is 2020 in hindsight right mm -hmm. we we can see how things are fulfilled after we've lived through them yeah and so maybe one day we'll look back and be like man you know literally trump you know was the president and and uh, all the end times were kicked off during the days of leading up to or after or, you know, during all this uh, turmoil in the world. And uh, it's possible, you know, it's possible that, you know, him being Trump and and uh, I, I know there's even a, uh, uh, you know, a tie to Trump and Pence, uh, Trumpets, which is, you know, making that trumpet noise. Uh, so maybe it's tied to, uh, you know, a wake up call for people to realize, hey, the world is about to get uh, spiritually very dark and we're about to go into this age of the new world order. And, um, you know, I, honestly, there's no telling, but we could be looking back here in a few years and be like, whoa, I wish we'd seen it. Those days we were talking about it yep. uh, were the end times really getting kicked off. Uh, during Trump's presidency and, and hopefully uh, it's 2024 the second Trump yeah well I mean would that be the last Trump or or Barron or Don <laughs> jr or I don't know be more it, Trump's coming I, I don't, don't know, know. <laughs> I don't I don't think I uh, and sorry if you disagree with me that's fine too but I would never vote for Don jr or you know any I might vote for Ivanka I mean she's more like her dad than I don't know much about her I don't know <laughs> yeah she'd have to she had to convince me just like he did. I mean, like I said, I, d I didn't vote for him in 2016 because I was brainwashed at one time and I believed everything that the news was telling me. And then I woke up and then I was like, this is this is crazy, like that they have me believing something that is completely false until I started doing my own research, which is something my dad always said. 
you got to do your own research. So I did and woke up. I mean, now I'm the most conservative person you'll ever meet. People are surprised when they see me because of the way I look. And they're like, you're conservative? Oh, yeah, you're conservative. They see my MAGA hat or whatever it is. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I would have <laughs> never expected, you know, it's just fun. Yeah, you know, I, of course, personally, I'm just always very wary of whatever one door opens. Is there a reason they want us to go through that door? You know, and, and with the political game, you know, we've heard, I've heard it said, you know, the whole, you know, two wings of the same carrion bird, right? Um, and, and so, like, as these UN plans move forward, I can only hope that Trump will speak up against globalization, and if he gets in during the next term, that he will go against mandates um, and and things like that. And and so that's my hope is that you know that, you know we can always have a hope that there will be truth shown on some of these agendas that we're covering. And guys like uh, you know Trump and and who we're gonna see in this next video, yay, right, Kanye. Uh, mm -hmm. they seem to have a knack for speaking truth, even though that they're these big public figures. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so it's not all bad coming from the top echelons of society. Sometimes there are truths like this video we're about to see with yay, uh, pretty much dictating what was just watched in this UN control video, uh, from, from what uh, was talked about back in the nineties. The 1% used to control the 99%. That's water, food, education, shelter, and medicine. Water, food, medicine, housing. You know, some of these things are the very things that that UN video uh, was breaking down and talking yeah. about as their, their control plan is all about moving people into these dense city populations where it's easier to control those areas. Uh, so let's let's watch it one more time and resources for everyone in the world to be happy. There's five resources that the one percent use to control the ninety-nine percent. That's water, water, food, food education, shelter, education, and, shelter medicine. and medicine. And everyone can have the best version of that. And that's our promise of what we're doing here. Walk, walk with me right here. Absolutely. All right, that's good for now. That's all. Um, so that that was just a uh, a random uh, paparazzi guy that was invited in to see what. Kanye uh, Ye's setup there was, and it's it's interesting that he's dropping those truth bombs, and those are significant. And it is true that uh, these big corporations are controlling water, food, medicine, housing, education, education, because I will say there are some good teachers out there. But I, I didn't even tell you the story because it happened last night when I posted that photo of all three of us. But um, I had a teacher that was a friend that friended me on Facebook that said that said something about, do you support the LGBTQ community? And I was like, you're a teacher. You, you were my teacher in, in middle school. And it just weirded me out. And I mean, like they're good, they're great teachers. Like my girlfriend, Lindsay, she's a, a, a an amazing teacher. And she is not like, you know, the education system. She's very much, she stands out and she, she lets the kids have their own mind, which is awesome. Uh, but people like my teacher, I mean, she, I, I didn't even know what to say. I just had to delete her comment because I was like, this is just bringing me down. Like, uh, she was one of my favorite teachers too. And, it wow. just, and I went to her page and it was like all, 
LGBTQ stuff, and I was like, ugh, this is this is where we're at. Yeah, I mean, teachers are turned into role models for kids if they're good teachers, and and that means you know all those kids that they're probably still teaching if they look up to that teacher, then they're mm. adopting a lot of those worldviews. Man. Yeah, I, I think uh, education and, and how we share information to the next generation is super important. I think that um, a lot of these agendas that are being pushed on us is because they've had, what, 15 years to kind of grow up and groom, oh, I used the word, a whole generation of people to feel a certain way towards one or you know particular topic or another and uh and then these people age into adulthood where they're now voting individuals mm -hmm. and then they vote in politicians that are their compatriots and and then these agendas then become you know the woke mob the, the woke mob um so yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard time to navigate, and that's why, you know, I definitely am a big advocate for, like, homeschooling and, and, you know, parents giving their kids the information that they want them to have in response to a lot of the public school agendas and uh, the, the educational you know, kind of topsy-turvy world that we have, especially in California and places oh, where... Yeah. They're, you know, the liberal states, they're mandating sex education for young children mm -hmm. and you don't need anybody teaching your kids That's about grooming. that kind of that stuff. That is the definition exactly. of it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not only that, but all of these educational agendas distract from the fact that we're giving up our rights for those other four things, right? Water, food, housing, uh, you know, all, all the different uh, aspects of control. I think these agendas help divide and then they get to sweep the rug out from under us. And they want us to own nothing. I heard oh, yeah. that on a Joe Rogan podcast where they were talking about the, in like five years, they want us to own nothing. You'll own nothing and be happy about it. Yeah, that's what it was. We'll live in a box with four screens on each wall and we'll live our whole life in like a metaverse <laughs> matrix cube. <laughs> metaverse doesn't even look real. I mean, come on. Oh, they're hoping it'll look real eventually. I think. I think it looks like the Wii. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, those I, those I don't know Wii if I could, uh, guys did, were so janky. Like little. Like, did we cover that on the show about the 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 metaverse rape? Oh yes, yeah, I remember. That, that was some crazy stuff. That it's was like, crazy. You know, that's where we're headed. Sadly. Well, in a, another realm of news. Last week, we covered a article about the Artemis mission to bring us back to the moon after over like 50 years or something, right? Woohoo! And, uh, and of course, if you guys are aware of who you're listening to right now, we're very skeptical of some of these uh, presented space programs, uh, which <laughs> I wanted to share a video about this current moon trip. And it, it's really almost an IQ test to see if you buy into it all or not. So let's check out this video. We'll be uh, passing over uh, you know, some of the Apollo landing sites. Unfortunately, they're gonna be uh, in the darkness. They will not be sunlit, so we won't uh, get very good video of them. You say that the video is going to be delayed. Uh, can we get a more approximate time frame as to how long it's gonna be until we're gonna actually get to, to see this video? Um, what sort of quality is the video going to be? 
And finally, can you just kind of explain why we're not getting to see these images live? I mean, I believe the Apollo 11 landing was broadcast live. Why now don't we have the technology to to see all of this live? There, there is video that comes down from the spacecraft that we get here live in MCC uh, that we were able to, to see coming directly off the video. They were a lot of fun to watch. We're going to record it while the Orion's out of the line of sight of the ground stations that bring the video down. Uh, once we have that recorded on board, when we reacquire signal, when Orion comes out from behind the moon, we're going to downlink that video as fast as we can. Uh, unfortunately, given the distance that Orion is and uh, the fact that we do have some fairly high quality video, it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, it's going to be uh, a little slower than we might have want, but as soon as we get the data down, I'm sure our video processing folks will be processing that. Uh, which of course leads to some of the, the video and pretty pictures. We are expecting to uh, uh, provide some good imagery. We want to share it with the public and get it to you folks as fast as we can. You know, and we're, and, and we're being as transparent as we can here. First of all, sure. uh, we don't have the exact velocity at the sphere of influence uh, where Orion will uh, then become under the primary influence of the moon's gravity, uh, but we don't have that uh, exact figure available to, to us at this point. Uh, I just would have thought that was a potentially more significant issue, but obviously not. Any, any little details you can share? It was really a, a case where we were seeing something we didn't understand. We saw something we didn't quite understand. Again, something that we that we uh, didn't fully understand and apologized uh, that um, that uh, we didn't share that sooner. That was after a very long day uh, that we had a, uh, a funny with the Star Tracker. We had over a dozen funnies on the list. So uh, it was just something that we just didn't understand. It was outside of our experience base. We need to worry about those types of things. But, but I would just, again, ask for a little bit of patience as, as we work through it. It's just taking a little bit of time. Well, is there going to be any more engineering footage from the launch offered? And you know, we've been expecting more views, um, not only of the mission, but also from the launch pad. Uh, this is a, a phenomenon we will expect to continue periodically throughout the rest of the mission. And, and show you a 3D model or show you um, uh, you know, kind of the the uh, uh, graphic. In terms of more media release, um, yes, absolutely. We we will uh, share um, uh, footage from the um, from the launch. We do have to manage uh, bandwidth for any information that is recorded on board the Orion spacecraft. There are many many other customers, um, science customers that use the Deep Space Network. There is a capacity um, that that we that we uh, share there with other customers um, but the data that is on the ground um, we do need to go through that and we have folks that literally have to look through every uh, still image and and every video um, that's released our video processing folks will be processing that so again um, I would just ask for your patience and and uh, let us work through that process and, uh, and we will absolutely share uh, what we can uh, as soon as it's available. We have um, other team members that are focused on, on sharing um, with, with uh, the general public and, and all of you in the media uh, what we can as soon as we can, and, and, uh, and we're committed to do that. We've seen uh, a number of, of um, uh, issues with file transfers, but obviously, um, you know, imagery, we, we, we love it. We want to share it as much as we can. We want to record it. Um, but if, if we're having issues getting it off of the vehicle. I mean, I believe the Apollo 11 landing was 
broadcast live. Actually slows the effort to, to share things um, with, with the team. And Why now don't we have the technology to, to see all of this live? We did have a number of communications glitches. Uh, we, we had either forward or return link problems. Jim, do you have anything to add in terms of the anomalies? Can explain why we're not getting to see these images live? I mean, I believe the Apollo 11 landing was broadcast live. Why now don't we have the technology to, to see all of this live? Well, what's the answer there, Jeremiah? They think we're stupid. Why, why can't we live broadcast in 2022 when they live broadcast back in 1970s? Oh, they lost it. 1969? Yeah. They lose the technology for that too? Yeah, well, apparently. I mean, that's what these guys are seeming to indicate. I mean, it's, it's craziness. It's, um, it, it truly is. And I'm glad those people were asking those questions. Those, yeah. They were like not giving up until they gave them a straight up answer. <laughs> they yeah. didn't know how to answer it. I mean, of course, the, we can tell that that video of that conference for the Artemis mission is heavily kind of chopped up just to show kind of their gaffes. But if, I mean, how many times did they say over and over? Uh, we just don't know. We, we it's a mystery. Jen Saki. <laughs> well, circle back, circle back. Sir, it's kind of the same. Kind how, of how did we get through the, uh, the Van Allen radiation belt? Oh, well, we don't know. We just didn't know about it. So it didn't hurt us. Yep. Right. So, um, anyways, let me show this, uh, this picture in relation to space news. Uh, <laughs> they just don't make rockets like they used to. In 1969, it took them three days to get to the moon. And today, with the Artemis mission, it'll take six days to get to the moon in 2022. So that's that's kind of interesting. Why, why the extra time there? Uh, let's show this next picture. Um, things that make you go, hmm... Of the six Apollo missions landed on the moon, all on the visible side, adding a total of 12 days. And incredibly, there is not a single minute of Earth footage filmed from these locations. The only celestial body they saw are supposed home, and they forgot to film it. They forgot hmm. to film it six times. Oops. So these are the, the original landing sites that you could see here that they were actually asking during this interview process. They were like, Hey, are you guys going to be able to film some of these landing locations and show proof? Hey, that we were on the moon before and show <laughs> the la landing locations of all these other Apollo missions. Well, guess what? Sorry. They're going to be in the dark. Sorry. <laughs> we're going to have to make sure we really go over our video footage and, and imagery uh, with our, uh, video, I forget the term he used. It was like uh, our video crunchers. They're, they're going to make sure we get you guys the good stuff, right? The greatest video we can get, yeah. get to you guys. <laughs> oh, man. Let's show this next picture. Uh, see, the most basic form of mind control is repetition. And there's a reason uh, in our classrooms, you know, they have sitting there uh, a globe go into public school. I know this, right? And we, if you go and look on the label of that globe in a small text, it says, this is not an accurate representation of the earth. Like even what they show us in classrooms can be provably false. Yep. However, uh, through indoctrination, through repetition, uh, that's why it's so important for the, the hoorah space program uh, agenda 
to convince people, hey, this is actually an important endeavor. Mm-hmm. However, like we've talked about in the past, I think there's more to find down in the oceans than there is up above. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so let's show this next picture. Did you know that all of these devices, a telescope, a plum bob, a planisphere, a thermometer, a camera, P900, a level, a laser, a sextant, a, a geodetic, an astrolabe, a sundial, uh, I can't, what is it, a Pascal Avesas, <laughs> a gyroscope, a theodolite, and a compass all prove the Earth is flat. And I know, you know, we're, we're not deep diving too much in the FE topic. Uh, there's some great research. Of course, you guys can go check out uh, over on Rob's channel. Mm-hmm. Many, many exposés. Uh, there's hours and hours and hours of research. Oh, yeah. He did. Videos like Mark Sargent's uh, Flat Earth uh, 101. Mm-hmm. You have Eric Dubay. You have uh, uh, Globebusters. Yeah. Um, you have... Uh, you know, a lot of different people who really break down this topic. But uh, the point is, is that there is a deception around the realm that we live in. And while, um, you know, sometimes the term flat earther can be painted as just, all right, you're crazy. Don't talk to me anymore. We have to understand that the only reason that there is such a thing as a flat earther in 2022 is because it's a combination of many underlying conspiracies. And when you bring them all together, it starts to make you question the realm that we live in. And uh, that's the significance of exposing some of the just ridiculousness of some of these interviews for this next space program, because they seem to just kick the ball down the road, all the while taking taxpayer monies for these uh, uh, kind of just ridiculous space programs. Fun fact, I don't know if Lindsay's allowed to do this when she's teaching, but she actually tells her kids that some people believe that the earth is flat. And I don't know if yeah, that's not in her curriculum, but she feels led to do that. And I'm like, that's super cool that you are bringing this up. And a lot of the kids actually know about that topic. Wow. Some of their parents, it's funny because... Uh, Full-blown flat earthers, and, and they're like, yeah. yeah, I already know about all this stuff. <laughs> and they know, who, they know who my dad was, too. Wow. Some of their parents. So some of them are, you know, uh, flat earthers or biblical cosmologists, and we got some cool stuff, too, in the shop of biblical cosmology, that cool new tribute I did for my dad that I think you guys would like. But... Uh, I mean, that's the best... The safest term is biblical cosmology. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean... Truly, unless you have an eyewitness experience where you yourself fly up in one of these rockets and look down and you can see for yourself, I mean, we aren't speaking from a place of physical experience. We're, we're only speaking based on the experiments we can do. Mm-hmm. And, and what we can tell as plebeian people, not one of the 600 people that have been allowed to in space programs go up uh, above low Earth out, you know, orbit, um, I mean, uh, there's. I think there was only 24 people that went past low Earth orbit and actually went on a journey towards the moon during the Apollo missions. And of those people, like, easily, they could have all sworn an oath of secrecy to not expose the truth of these programs. So, like, when you see inconsistencies like, hey, how were we able to live stream the Apollo missions, but we're not able to do that in 2022, then it makes you scratch your head and be like, well... 
it is kind of strange. It is kind of like, eh, well, what's up here? Let me ask you this. Last time I was in Galveston, we went right through Houston, and we were looking up, like, going to the NASA place, and, like, you know, tr kind of me and Lindsay kind of making fun of everything, but then I saw a thing that said, have breakfast with an astronaut, a real astronaut, and I was like, this would be perfect to film and put on Skiba News Nation. I think me and you should go and film breakfast with an astronaut because you can ask him whatever you want. Wouldn't that be like mind blowing? I mean, I think that would be real. So much wish that Rob had done that before I, he passed I, away. I don't know? think and, they, they had it back then. And, but it's like a new thing. Hey, to do. I'm, I, I definitely think that would be an interesting conversation. Yeah. And uh, it makes me wonder if they would get heated and storm off, you know, because a lot we definitely of those... have to have some hidden cameras because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want them to know that, that they're being filmed, but kind of like a Project Veritas undercover yeah. interview. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, we'll meet with you outside of the bar, and I'll tell you what's really going on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I, that would be cool. If Just given to, the opportunity to go to space, would you, like, if, if somehow you won, like, a lottery and they said you could go to space, would you go? The problem is, is a lot of those excursions to space are not even to actual space. No. They're to low Earth altitude. Like, they're, they're basically to 100 and... 30,000 feet. It's like going up to the Seattle Space Needle. Exactly. higher up. And, and the planes, well, the way that they kind of mimic gr like the aspect of not having gravity is the planes go on a steep incline and then they dive and it mimics mm -hmm. weightlessness in yep. space. And and yet, um, like I said, you know, the, the, the highest people are apparently those right now that are on the International Space Station. And that's 250,000 something feet up in the air. Um, and yet guys like Felix Baumgartner, who went 127,000 feet for that Red Bull jump. Yeah. There's like guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's like the scientism king or whatever, coming out and saying, you can't even see the curvature at 127,000 feet. So all of these like space needle programs where they're sending people up to experience going to outer space, they're not even going high enough to see curvature according to their estimates and it's just like they keep changing rules it sounds like so even if i did go to space and i was on one of those flights yeah i definitely enjoy the whole like ooh, you know i'm on a diving plane i'm weightless that'd be cool no, i mean like if you could go up to the space station the space station I don't know, man. I'd be very nervous. I'd, I'd be too scared I'd, because I'd be a little like I don't even like roller coasters. Oh, they're gonna take me out, man. <laughs> uh, I get I get scared just being around a roller coaster. It gives me anxiety. Well, here's a here's like you know a, a, a I'll throw the line out to Elon Musk. You know, we'll get a tour of SpaceX and yeah, yeah. Elon, if you're watching. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they take your imagination to space so they can take your soul to hell. Uh, <laughs> this goes straight to kind of the, you know, that's why it's called the soul lure system. <laughs> you, wow. You know, <laughs> you know, I've never noticed about the snake tongue thing until somebody pointed it out to me because I was creating that. I don't know if you've seen my, my flatter thing that is like a knockoff. It's trying to make fun of the NASA logo and then the biblical cosmology is the same way. So I, I made it to where that tongue wasn't in it, but I couldn't see it until that, that photo. Cause I'm. I'm dyslexic, so some things I see differently than other people, but it, I, I had no idea that it was like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it does look it's like, like hidden, a snake tongue. Hidden symbology.
And hey, I mean, it's like the medical system, two snakes, you know, we have this one more picture here. And, uh, and you can see that the actual, the term NASA in Hebrew means to deceive. And I don't know about you, but if I've been lied to once, it makes it very hard for me to put faith and trust in somebody again. Mm-hmm. And we absolutely know that there have been lies about the original moon program, uh, uh, the Apollo missions. There's been lies about the technology uh, used. There's been lies about the imagery that were presented of the earth. Uh, these things have been presented to us as 100% scientific, proven, real. And with a little bit of investigation, you can discover that there is a good number of lies that are very widely provable mm-hmm. as deceptions. And so that makes me think like, sure, you know, I, I've seen things like the, the SpaceX satellite line go across the sky. I've seen dots go across the night sky and I can't fully speak to say like, oh, I think these are complete fake, you know, things that satellites aren't real or whatever. Cause I have seen things, but any explanation, any program that comes from NASA who to me in the past has been a proven liar makes me in the future very skeptical of anything they present and any agenda they push through uh, with their modern iteration of the space program race. Yeah. Founded by a Nazi. Founded by a Nazi. Werner von Braun. What episode was that? We should tell people to go check that out. Werner von Braun's uh, breakdown. I don't know. Opa, do you know? We did cover that in one of our yeah, episodes. Yeah, and we do have a clip. And on, on Patreon, I know I have the, the history clip of the Warner Von Braun thing. The song is actually public domain, by the way. So anybody can use it, which is kind of cool. But cool. He's making, he was making fun of it way back then, which is crazy. All right, so that covers the space topic for today. Uh, now, back to globalist control and something pretty alarming that uh, recently... Uh, was implemented at a McDonald's. Check this video out. All right, we are at McDonald's in the big fashion mall. And here's what happens. When you want to place your order on this screen over here, the way it works is like this. You click English. And now it says, in order to proceed with the order, you must confirm that you have a valid green certificate. Of your own. So let's say you don't have one, you click don't have. Look at that. It blanks out the screen. So basically, if you don't have a green pass, they will not give you food at McDonald's in Beit Shemesh. That's where we're at. Welcome to Israel. Wow. 2022. So the significance of what we just watched there is, of course, this is a clip from Israel. Uh, where a lot of the early implementation of some of the the protocols and mandates and experimentation, I mean, like 80% of their population was kind of coerced into that big experiment mm-hmm. last few years. Uh, but we can see here that one of the elements of the big experiment was that if you participated, you get a green card. You get your, your mark of the beast that you can now go to McDonald's and eat with. And... Uh, and now in 2022, if you don't have a green pass, you can't get food. And that's crazy. This is right alongside, you know, scriptures that are very alarming, right? That say if 
you know, somebody doesn't have the mark, the name or the number of the name, they are not permitted to buy or sell. And that's what the prophetic scriptures talk about with the mark of the beast. And, uh, you know, we can see the precursors of this uh, being played on the world stage uh, with this topic of the big medical experiment. If you didn't participate, if you didn't bend over for the doctors to insert their experiment into your body, then guess what? You know, you can't eat. You can't participate in society. Or at a hospital, they will treat you like a like a like you're a second class citizen. Oh yeah, terrible. All right, so uh, I mean, this is going to go into our next news segment, which uh, it, it's it's going to cover some pretty alarming stuff regarding the medical experiment, and uh, we're gonna have to heavily censor this uh, as we do. Yep. Uh, but let's go ahead and show the first video which is a trailer i believe for a f film that was recently released called died suddenly or uh, forgive me i'm not re referring to it maybe died off died off suddenly orchestrated or, died off uh yeah so this first video here is a trailer for a recent film that was released why why do we never believe them Georgia Guidestones right there. These people know. These people know. Who knows? The governments know. This has been well planned. This is Agenda 2030. This is the Great Reset. Somebody mentioned to go onto Google and go into the news section and then type in died suddenly. I think that's the name and of this documentary. And behold, here's a whole listing of people of articles of people within the, that last week who died suddenly. Older people, but a lot of younger people throughout around the world. Mm. And then you find out they were vaccinated. And so it's like, okay, so it's the might be causing this. Most people don't want to know what's in the But yet when we open it almost two years into this, we find that it still says intentionally blank. In fact, nobody wants to know what's in the because, look, if people understood what was in the they'd go apeshit. It's just there's something different about the blood. Something's causing this, and something needs to be said. Somebody needs to look into it. I talked to other embalmers that have 30, 40, even 50 years of experience. Have you guys ever seen this stuff before? And the answer was always, I've never seen anything like it. Why is Bill Gates involved in public health? And why does public health spend the first part telling you how the world is overpopulating? And at first glance, this is a bit scary. U.S. life insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and unexplainable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. That's a, that's a 12-sigma event, one in 800 years, 12 standard deviations above the mean. No one's even calculated that. It's apocalyptic. I thought he was protected with that There's a huge part of me that feels a responsibility for everything that's happened. I'm so sorry. The doctor after a while came out and said, your son's dead, you can go home now. <clears throat> Who knows? Young people are dying these days.
said to Mr. Hirschman, this is different, this isn't normal, is it? And he said, absolutely not. The dead can't speak for themselves, so therefore I have to speak for them. We're connecting dots here. You know, there's no way that that type of obstruction would not cause stroke, heart failure. My sister died. Uh, she was 58, and she died suddenly on Friday of a heart sad. attack. They will do with you what they feel like doing to you. It's the new bullet. It's the new missile. It's the new form of warfare. I wanted people to understand that we're in a fifth-generation warfare for the heart and the mind. This is the greatest orchestrated die-off in the history of the world. That's the name of the movie there. What did it say? Died I... suddenly. Okay. There's most definitely evil in this world, and evil like we could not possibly imagine. Reminds me of The Greatest Reset. Yeah. Which, you know... I will be putting that for my Patre for our Patreons on Patreon, uh, the Greatest Reset, so that they'll be able to see it. Yeah, so I think that's important. Wow, just uh, some, almost got to take a second to yeah, comprehend to a little bit. some of that. I mean, one of the phrases was the fifth generation of warfare over the hearts and minds of the people, and and some of that footage of people just collapsing. Man, it's so heartbreaking and and one of the greatest recent alleged causes of death in the western world is unknown or uh sudden adult death syndrome right yeah and uh and of course we we know that there's somebody that's got a big dollar bill that's covering it all up and they they are banning people on youtube and on facebook and the government is painting you as a uh, a semi kind of terrorist if you speak against the pharmaceutical industry and uh and that's why the censorship's coming down and uh you know i'm just glad that there's people out there that are making documentaries and and i know we're doing our part we're trying to get the word out and warn because uh it's not that we can really do anything about the past now but what we can do is prepare for the future and, and we can see that there's a a cycle that happens is when they get away with something they usually come back and try it again and all we can do is trumpet the alarm right yeah well those those that don't know history are doomed to repeat it yes so that is recent history you know that that whole topic so if we don't know about it i mean we're doomed that's true let's go ahead and show this next video it's uh just goes right along with this topic Yes, not serious. Is currently facing its fourth wave of COVID, with there no longer being a requirement to isolate when positive. But when it comes to boarding cruise ships, there are still very strict rules. You need to have a negative test and be double No. Oh, okay, so double... So hang on, hang on. How the heck did 800 people get COVID when they had a negative test and were double... So how this outbreak started remains a mystery. 
You know why it's a mystery? Because it's bullshit. Uh, uh, true statement of course you know that covering a a recent outbreak of some people on a cruise ship uh but this leads us to another very serious topic which is the association of refusing to participate in the medical experiment and the association of that mindset with mental illness so let's watch this next video hello i'm laying in my bunk at work i'm tired it's been a long I'm on my third day now, third 24-hour shift. I've tried to tell you all in the past that as a paramedic, I can go into your home if called and remove your rights if we believe you're a threat to yourself or others. If a doctor or someone calls in your family and says they believe that something's wrong and you're a threat, we can go over there with the police department and fire and we can ask you certain questions. If you don't answer those questions properly, based on the current rules, we can take you into a sort of custody or the police can take you into custody. And if you don't want to go willingly, we can medicate you. We can restrain you physically or sedate you and take you in. So when I hear things like this occurring, it worries me. God bless. And you've talked about how uh, even th- they recommend, you know, perhaps psychiatric medication or something for people that don't want to take a So this has come out recently out of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. The college sent out a, a letter or a memo to all the doctors in Ontario suggesting to them, now so far they're not mandating it, they're just suggesting it, that any of their un patients that they should consider that they have a mental problem and that they should be put on psychiatric medication wow so that is now the video that i wanted to call back i think the the picture was with justin trudeau uh and just this premise that if you don't participate you can be labeled as mentally ill at least in canada i mean do you feel mentally ill, Jeremiah? I feel great. I, <laughs> I feel good not being brainwashed. I, yeah, I'll tell you that. Absolutely. I mean, just the 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 thought that this is coming down the chute, and uh, I know we see a lot of progressive uh, policies are kicked started in places like Australia, uh, Canada, Israel, and uh, and is this going to come to? the americas you know to the united states i don't know but it is something to pay attention to that they are now associating uh, your mental stability with your willingness to participate in state-backed pharmaceutical money-grabbing schemes to experiment on mankind yeah it's like oh man so uh let's go ahead and show our next video here and uh this is tied to the excess mortality Uh, rate that has happened in this past year so some people were fine a lot of people we don't know some people are obviously harmed more people are becoming aware of it as they see it in their environment with family members and friends more people are aware of the acute increase in excess mortality across the world i know ed dowd and the insurance groups have been very on to that you look at the country of uh, iceland small country, 350,000-ish people, uh, one of the most compliant nations in terms of the 
in, in July, just a few months ago, their excess mortality rate above five-year average was 56%. Astronomical. So this this fifty six percent above ab normal above normal yep so you know, we, you know we have these ups and downs in mortality every year these are charts and graphs that actuaries keep in the month of July if you look you know three years ago you know here's your average death rate fifty six percent above that now Portugal thirty ish percent above average uh, Spain thirty ish percent above average a couple of other European nations ten twelve fifteen percent above average and these are in young healthy cohorts. And, and that's what's interesting. It's not just, oh gosh, well, old people die. Of course they do. All of us are going to. But these are people in the prime of their life. If you look at the uptick in the rates of data, every day I get a colleague, oh, got another one. Another friend passed away. Another person lost their 15-year-old. Someone just lost their 9-year-old. Someone just lost their 40-year-old dad, etc. And then I, my question is, when did they get their most recent shot? And those pathways of harm that we've been discussing, that's where the elephant in the room is the elephant in the room. And this is, again, I'm, I'm, the call to action is every coroner, every medical examiner needs to request a spike in a nucleocapsid stain on every organ in the body of every young deceased person. Simple as that. So um, just the excess mortality of sudden adult death syndrome and young people who are collapsing, just like we saw in that trailer for that video, is, is alarming. And we need to continue to warn people, hey, uh, they're going to double down. And we're actually entering into, you know, flu season as we <laughs> enter into the colder months of the year here in the West. And, uh, you know, they are setting up, uh, you know, places to receive your <laughs> It is so encompassing in the past two years of how they've just brainwashed all of our friends our family uh that it's almost it, it seems redundant covering this so often but i also understand how important it is you know mm -hmm. absolutely well we have one final video on this particular topic and then our final uh coverage uh regarding worker shortage coming in the future so let's watch this kind of hilarious video on what is the cause for all this sudden mortality did you know that the leading cause of death in Alberta in 2021 is cause unknown. That's weird. You would think in this day and age that we'd be able to figure something like that out, huh? All our technological advancements. But seriously, I think if we just sat down and we put our heads together, you know, we could come up with some ideas, at least point ourselves in the right direction. You and I will, will brainstorm this. You go ahead and just tell me what comes off the top of your dome. I'll jot it down and we'll figure it out. I could take a jab at it, but I would just be, you know, shooting in the dark. It's got to be hard on all these doctors. I mean, they're really looking for a needle in a haystack. What could it be? Seriously. Like, what happened in 2021 that didn't happen in 2020? I, I just, I'll never figure it out. I have no clue. Who knows? Maybe once we figure out this mystery, we'll figure out what finally causes SIDS. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. That's hilarious. And unfortunately, because of the censorship, that's now how we are forced to communicate. Yep. So like by sign language, subtle sign language and subtle, uh, you know, the V. Yeah. How we, how we say it, the hokey pokey. Yeah. It's just ridiculous how we have to play by these new rules to just participate in the system of uh, media exchange. But... 
Uh, I, I love that little skit there. That's funny. Anyways, to move on from this topic, I know we've hammered the dead horse quite literally many, many times in our previous episodes and in this episode, but check out this picture here. This is from uh, December 21. Uh, the CDC says if we all do the hokey pokey, we can turn this thing around. <laughs> oh, you don't say. Let's go to this next picture. I heard his parents didn't get the jab way back in 2022. <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, that's what it's going to be like in the future for, you know, all of our kids that come out looking normal for us uh, unparticipating peoples. And our final photo, the Boston University researchers create a new COVID variant that has killed 80% of the mice infected during the experiment. And so this is the kind of article that comes out, the fear-mongering, that during the next wave of whatever future bug comes out on the world scene, they're going to be referring to experiments like this to convince the population in any future medical experiments to participate all the more. I mean, imagine if there's a, a much higher death rate, uh, how much, you know, it, it's not a 0.1% it's a, you know, a 5% yeah. or a 20%. These are actual pandemics. And yet when that comes on the world scene, are you going to have the resolve to still not participate in something that is also going to cause extreme adverse effects, be, you know, genetically modifying to your body? You know, that's the question because a lot of these fear-mongering articles really are being used to kind of precondition people to be like, hey, guess Propaganda. what? Are you ready next time to play ball? Mm -hmm. Because people aren't playing ball this time and we're dog dogmatically condemning them as a second-class member of society. Well, next time, could it be legal repercussions? Could it be, you know, you're putting in an internment camp like those people in Australia were who didn't participate? Could it be death? Or, or is it that scary of a, a bug that you are now condemned to be eradicated mm -hmm. as a rodent who's not participating in the group think medical experiment. And all of these things come hand in hand with that whole end times scenario of a mark of the beast and, and those who didn't participate in the system, losing their heads for the sake of their faith standing on their belief that, you know, we don't need to participate in your modification of humanity. We're going to trust in the most high to protect our health, protect our lives. Uh, you know, even though you're the world power, you're the, the new God of this world telling us in your white lab coat that we have to do this, this, and this, or we don't get to eat McDonald's. Not that you should be eating McDonald's anyways. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, anyways, uh, yeah. So just wanted to share, uh, that mindset. And um, we have one final very important news uh, topic to talk about, which is coming shortage in workers for a variety of industries. Uh, and it's actually uh, presented by, yeah, you ever seen that uh, Dirty Jobs micro yeah. guy? Well, he, Fox he, News affiliate. Yeah, he, he actually is the one who kind of breaks down why this is going to be happening in the near future of uh, people that not only don't have the skill to work, but don't, don't have the desire to go to work and how it's going to affect a lot of industries. So let's check this last video out. 
you still got 7 million people, able-bodied men, sitting out the entire workforce. Right. And what we're saying during the break, you know, these big companies now in Silicon Valley, they're, they're going to start laying people off. Amazon. They're going to they're gonna lay people off. And those people are not going to have the necessary skills to fill the, the, the current openings. So now it is, in my view, we went from a skills gap to a will gap. And now we're going to come back to a skill gap and a will gap. We're going to have lots of unemployed people who aren't trained for the jobs that exist, and we're going to have lots of people who could step into those jobs who, for whatever reason, have elected not to. So, Mike, uh, that is in the big picture is people aren't working, and people are frustrated they can't hire. I thought things were getting marginally better. I, always, I don't walk into a place and say, how's it going? You know, what's the workforce like? Can you hire people? I do notice I'm getting more people saying I can hire people. Not a lot, but more. But you, you pulled up one clip, and you, we sent it in to bring up. Can you tell me what clip we're going to see? I get hundreds of these a week. This one happened to be sent to me by Gary Sinise who just said, Mike, is he, can you talk to this guy? Can you do something? And what you're about to hear is just one contractor on one job who's trying to build a couple of houses who showed up for the third day in a row, and none of his men showed up to work. None of them. Here he is. I'm three weeks into a job. Three days in a row, not one showed up for work. I don't care if I pay him 15. I don't give a if I give him 25 or 40. People do not want to work. I don't bitch. I don't complain. I got a fully stocked trailer sitting over there with every tool that you can possibly imagine. I buy tools for them. They either have no driver's license, um, 20 minutes too far to drive. I've even heard the excuse, well, I've got to go home and plan a baby shower from a grown-ass man. I've worked all over the United States. I've done every kind of construction, remodeling, commercial, residential there is. And this is the worst I've ever seen it. So there it is, right? Now, you, you can call it anecdotal. You can look at one guy having a bad day and say, well, you know, try this, try that. I get hundreds of these, hundreds of these every week. I, I know a lot of people in construction, and they've all been saying the same thing for the last four years. They just simply can't find people who are willing to show up early, stay late, and learn a skill that's in demand, period. And now, now we're starting to see how that trickles down and into the rest of the economy and what it means for anybody who, never mind being a plumber, I'm talking about people who need a plumber, who need an electrician. Me and you, people who share our addiction to smooth roads and affordable energy and indoor plumbing and yeah. all of these things, right? This is the stuff that's starting to fray. And, man, if, if, if it doesn't get your attention, then you're not paying attention. So the, one of the guys you said hello to yesterday when you were going into the elevator, we were coming out. Uh, he has a pool company called Built Right Pools. Mm -hmm. he, uh, so for 25 years, he literally gets in there. He'll, he'll dig him out. That's why he's strong as iron. He doesn't need to hit the gym, but he does anyway. And Steve says to me, I'm doing all my own pool closings this year. I yeah. cannot find anybody. Yeah. And, you know, he's young enough to be able to do it, but in 15 years, who knows? His kids can't find anybody. Dude, and he so says, and he'll pay good. And he'll say, I, I don't need to make that much profit, but I'm making more money now, but I'm working. Introduce me to him again, when, because the first episode of Dirty Jobs is coming back in uh, December, is me down here in Florida with a father and son pool team. And these two do the work of, like, four. And... I mean, we clean up the worst-looking pool I've ever seen. This pool hadn't been cleaned in 17 years. But these two guys doing it together, they don't cheat. They make a great living. It's back-breaking, but we laughed the whole day. And I just I just so... So you got in there. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, you, you, you have to get in there. There's no shortcuts in this. Yeah. But, you know, the dad is north of 60. And he's, he's bent over, swinging axes and stuff, you know. And there's... Look, here's the math that ought to frighten your listeners more than anything else. Every single year... For, for five people who retire in the skilled trades, two replace them. Five out, two in. It's been that way for 15 years. Five out, two in. This is just math. Right. It's just math. So I'm going to introduce my other friend who's coming this weekend, very patriotic, Mike Ragusa. And I think I might have told you about him. They had a family plumbing business, mm -hmm. and now he's flitted out on his own. 
and he is 58 now, and is pretty sore, pretty beat up, his hips, his back, and everything. But he says that they can't find plumbers. Like he can't, he can't possibly do all the work that's on his voicemail. There's no way. There's yeah. no way. I'm telling you, this story is everywhere, and it's not been covered. It's not being covered mm-hmm. because people are still stuck with the idea that wait, if people are out of work, it's because there's not enough opportunity. Right. And it's just the wrong way to think about it. I went. Wow. Wow. So that is crazy. To me, that's a, a sign of the coming collapse of our society as we know it, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, if there's not people building buildings and cleaning toilets and, and doing all the dirty jobs like Mike Rowe did, uh, you know, we're, we're going to... I mean, and some of them aren't even dirty, like the, the, the building. That's not dirty. Construction. Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, manual labor. It's a high demand, but that's the kind of work that it takes to keep a society float. Yeah. And unfortunately, people aren't interested in doing it that was our last video of micro and the dirty jobs uh, that was our last little news topic i wanted to cover and just the awesome lack of people being willing to work and how it's a a sign of collapse of society as we know it so well, sorry. thank you for sharing thank you for being here in the studio yeah man it's uh it's a lot easier it flows a lot better because there's not like a little delay yeah but uh yeah that that was great man I appreciate it. I, uh, I'm so happy to be here in person. I apologize for all the super depressing kind of no, I mean, news. we all need to know this. We all need to be aware. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's how, you, how you're a watchman, right? But, yep. hey, we got some funny memes later on, and we're about to get some great Opus Corner out here. Yep. So it's time for an all-new Opus Corner. Take it away, Opa. My hood, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein hood. Und hat er mir nicht drei Ecken, dann ist es nicht mein Hut. It's Opa's Corner Day. It's Opa's Corner Day. On a very windy day, a rabbi was walking along when a strong gust of wind blew his hat off his head. The rabbi ran after the hat, but the wind was too strong. It kept blowing his hat farther and farther away. A non-Jewish young man, seeing what had happened, ran after the hat, caught it, and gave it back to the rabbi. The rabbi was so grateful, he gave the young man $20 and blessed him. The young man was so excited that he decided to go to the racetrack. And with the rabbi's blessing, he decided to check the program and place the entire $20 on a horse. After the races, he went home and recounted his very exciting day to his father. I arrived at the fifth race and looked at the program. I saw this horse named Top Hat was running. The odds on this horse were a hundred to one. But since I received the rabbi's blessing, I bet the entire $20 on Top Hat. And guess what? He won! In the next race, there was a horse named Bowler at 30 to 1. So I bet the entire amount of my winnings on him. And guess what? I won again! So, did you bring the money home? asked the father. No, said the son. I lost it all in the last race. There was a horse named Chateau 
that was heavily favored, so I bet everything on him. And since chateau means hat in French, I figured he was a sure thing. You fool, said the father. Hat in French is chapeau, not chateau. <laughs> Sighing to himself, the father then asked, So, who did win the race? A real long shot, said the son. Some Spanish horse named Sombrero. <laughs> A man walks into an antique store and starts looking around. Suddenly, he gazes upon the most stunning bronze statue of a Siamese cat. He asks the store owner how much he wants for the statue. The store owner replies, It's $200 for the statue and $2,000 for the story that goes with it. The man replies, I don't really care about the story, but I do want the statue. As the man is paying for the statue, the shop owner says, All right, but I guarantee you'll be back for the story. The man walks out of the shop and starts down the street carrying the cat statue. <laughs> When he comes to the crosswalk, he happens to glance behind him and sees three or four cats sitting about 10 feet away, looking at him. He shrugs it off and crosses when the light changes. He goes several more blocks and at another crosswalk looks behind himself again. This time there are about 30 cats sitting there looking at him. The man starts to get a little nervous and picks up his pace when the light changes. By the time the man reaches the pier at the end of the street, he has now been running for several blocks. He was running because every time he turned around, there were more and more cats behind him. He looked like the Pied Piper. <laughs> When he got to the end of the pier, turned around once more, and saw at least 2,000 cats sitting there looking at him. There were so many cats, there was no way to get off the pier without going through them, and he knew there was no way he was going to do that. In a panic, he turned toward the water and heaved the statue as far as he could. Amazingly, all of the cats ran past him and jumped into the water after the statue and never came out. The man, still shaking from his ordeal, immediately started running back to the shop. As he burst through the door, the shop owner saw him and said, I told you you'd be back for the story. Huh, to heck with a story, gasped the man. Do you have a statue of a politician? <laughs> and now for the funnies. Roscoe, June 2nd, 1979, caught his own tail. <laughs> would you like a box for the rest of your meal? That would be great. Clink. 
No, Igor, not Phillips head, flathead, flathead. Bring me the flathead. <laughs> Before paper and scissors. Dang, try it again. Ready, one, two, three. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> The gingerbread house really wasn't bringing them in anymore. Free Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, man. That's so true. Could we have some help here, please? We don't understand these price tags. Some <laughs> <a> morgue. <laughs> Thomas Sullivan a blacksmith who attended the original Thanksgiving dinner is generally credited as being the first person to stick olives on all his fingers. <laughs> Moses as a kid. It was foolish for Russell to approach the hornet's nest in the first place, but his timing was particularly bad. Angry hour, 4 to 5 p.m. <laughs> yep, there it is. It's definitely a boy. <laughs> what? Cat. Hotel. We've got a cardboard box for $30, a laundry basket for $50, or the top of the refrigerator, our penthouse, for $125. <laughs> My cat's the $50 one. Right, I'm, I'm ready to stand up now. Cat! It's uh, a good idea. All the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. <laughs> Rudolph, what have you done? We caught him exercising at a rest stop. <laughs> Honey, I want to thank you for being so attentive tonight and Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's freaky looking. I'm getting really tired of your dog doing his business on my lawn. Lemonade, 50 cents. <laughs> Papa! We're out of sandpaper again! <laughs> oh. <laughs> what does Chuck Norris use for toilet paper? Hmm. Razor blades? Spider in the shower. Spider in the shower. Drama, drama, drama. <laughs> the Old West. Hmm. <laughs>
the problem with memory foam mattresses. Ugh, you again? <laughs> this call may be recorded, set to music, and released on our own label where we retain all rights. How can I help you today? semi-desperados. Throw down that strong box or I'll blow your head off. Well, I'll wing you for sure. Okay, maybe I'll just climb up there and give you a, a Dutch rub. <laughs> the mosquito net is working. Wait. I, I didn't put up a mosquito net. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Technically, he's right, Dan. It says right here in the contract. Customer may pay off loan with a single balloon payment. Lord, we thank thee. <laughs> oh, the chickens are... Poor guy. Shout out to ATM Fees for making me buy my own money. <laughs> and that concludes Opa's Corner again. My hoot, der hat drei Ecken. Drei Ecken hat mein Opa's Corner is now available on my own YouTube channel. Like, share, and subscribe. Wow, but that was great. Super yeah. funny. I love the cat ones. There's some good as ones always. on that one, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, hope you enjoyed Opa's Corner. It's time for some history. Alright, so I let the people vote on YouTube and you guys chose Harry Houdini, okay? So this one is a little bit different because when most people think about Harry Houdini, they think of a magician or, you know, like, they, they consider him in the dark, kind of, like, kind of dark and mysterious and black magic and all that, but that's not the case. He was a, an illusionist who made his money being a daredevil, kind of like Evil Knievel. So he was way ahead of his time in, in that sense. So I want to give you a little bit of a backstory before I really get into it uh, with this first clip. Suspended from a building, trapped in a straitjacket, chained in a box underwater, bound and shackled, master of illusion, Harry Houdini always found a way to escape. With all his skill, strength, and self-confidence, Houdini seemed invulnerable, but he found out that no one could trick death. Well, we relive the tragic mishap when Houdini's fearlessness proved fatal. One young man said, you mean you could withstand a punch in your stomach with all my force? And the young man struck him. And we'll reveal why no one dared underestimate the power of Houdini. He said that if there was any way to communicate after death, uh, he would find it. Houdini was born Eric Weiss in Budapest on March 24th, 1874. 
His poverty-stricken family immigrated to the United States when Houdini was four years old. Houdini had a difficult childhood. I mean, his father was a, an unemployed rabbi. He had come to America and tried to get work in Appleton, Wisconsin. He had barely enough money to, for food and clothing. The rabbi and his wife, Cecilia, struggled to support their seven children. Young Houdini did what he could to help earn money. In search of a better life, the Weiss clan moved to Brooklyn, New York in 1887. There, the 13-year-old Houdini discovered his true calling. His mother gave him a magic set when he was, I don't remember, 10 years old or something, as a reward for uh, bringing money into the house. By the time he was 16, he was already doing uh, magic, and by the time he was 18 or so, you know, he was performing professionally. The first feat for Eri Weiss was to come up with a catchy name. He adopted the last name of French magician Robert Houdin and Americanized Eri to Harry. And presto changeo, Harry Houdini was created. He started out as a pretty traditional magician in the vaudeville circuit and, you know, performing at dime museums and theaters with other acts as part of a, you know, a ten-act bill. While performing at Coney Island, 20-year-old Harry met a young singer, 18-year-old Bess Ranner. They were married two weeks later on June 22, 1894. He really caught on to what attracted the public's attention. He started something called a challenge act, and he would take handcuffs to the local police station or to the local newspaper office and have the, the officials from that institution find him. And then he would, of course, escape every time. He didn't deal with the idea of magic at all. He dealt with the idea of, uh, of trickery, of stunts. Celebrated magician Lance Burton. Houdini invented the whole idea, I think, of uh, being an escape artist. He's the one that, that really made that into a big deal. I think he did that by hooking into people's emotions. It's not just a guy going in a box and then getting out of the box. It was a guy risking his life. By 1899, the tricks of 25-year-old Houdini became even more daring and bizarre. He went to an insane asylum, and he was allowed to watch a, an inmate in the uh, asylum struggling inside a straitjacket and he got the idea that it would make a good escape. He was doing the straitjacket escape in a show and he had this crazy idea of why don't we hang Houdini upside down, you know, downtown uh, out of a window and, and thousands and thousands of people will gather around and watch this nut hanging upside down trying to get out of a straitjacket. Crowds obviously loved Houdini. I mean from newspaper accounts that we have uh, the applause was always thunderous and people shouted and waved their hats. Sometimes even Houdini thought he needed a miracle to survive. His tricks always worked. On the other hand, he was always getting beaten up. I mean, he was always getting mangled. He broke everything. He fractured everything. He ruptured everything. Physically, he was, you know, just tremendous punishment. But no amount of physical pain could have prepared 39-year-old Houdini for the ultimate heartache. In 1913, Houdini's beloved mother, Cecilia, passed away. In his head, I think Houdini was always performing for his mother. I mean, that was really the audience. She was the one that he really wanted to mystify and captivate and, and please. And her death was very, very, very tough for him. Houdini couldn't bear to let his mother go. He started uh, attending seances and, and visiting mediums in a sincere effort to contact his mother and see if uh, there was any way to communicate with her after her death. Harry Houdini desperately wanted to unlock the gate between here and the hereafter. But could Houdini find a way to contact the dead? How the King of Illusion battled psychic phonies? And why even the great Houdini could not escape his tragic fate? So he got, he started, that, that's about the time where uh, spiritualist and spiritualism was kind of a, a big thing here in America. And the definition of that is a person who believes that the spirit of which a dead can communicate with the living, which I'm pretty sure the Bible is pretty clear about not doing. But in this second clip I'm about to show you might blow your mind about what he says about going to these seances and how he 
ended up dying as a result of exposing this exact thing. So let's play that second clip. But in 1913, he couldn't break out of the depression caused by his mother's death. Houdini attended countless seances, hoping to communicate with his dearly departed mom. By the early 20s, Houdini realized that the spiritual advisors he consulted were frauds. Houdini realized that the spiritual advisors he consulted were frauds. He went to the spiritualist because he wanted to contact his mother, and he was uh, very, very hurt and mad because he discovered all these spiritualists he went to were using magician's tricks. Houdini thought they were wicked. They would prey on poor people to hear the voices and spend their last dollar. Because he was a magician, he recognized the techniques that these mediums were using to fool people into thinking that there indeed was some contact from their dead relatives. He began a, a crusade, there's really no other word for it, to debunk mediums and spiritualists. Houdini attended seances in disguise. Once he figured out the deception, he'd reveal his true identity and expose the scam. Beginning in 1924, 50-year-old Houdini made his findings public. He went around the country lecturing against the spiritualists, and he gave an hour demonstration, show how they were able to make trumpets blow and so on. He spent over a million dollars exposing spiritualists. His famous story is that he was in his dressing room in Montreal, and a, a student asked him, can I punch you in the stomach? One young man said, you mean you could withstand a punch in your stomach with all my force? And Houdini nodded, and the young man struck him without any preparation or telling him and it burst his appendix. But that punch to the gut no doubt made a bad situation worse. With his wife Bess and his brother Hardeen at his bedside, Houdini took his final bow. A week after he had been punched in the stomach, he passed away. He simply said that he couldn't stand the pain anymore, he couldn't take it anymore. He died in his brother's arms on, on October 31st when he finally gave up. He said to Hardeen, I have to give up, and he died. But come on, this is Harry Houdini we're talking about. And Houdini himself said if it was possible to communicate from beyond, he'd be the guy to find a way. I'm going to tell you the secret code Houdini devised to prove there's life after death. Houdini's widow, Bess, also held on to the hope that if it was at all possible, her husband of 31 years would contact her from beyond the grave. After Houdini's death, Bess Houdini held a seance for 10 years running, starting in Hollywood, trying to see whether she could get back in touch with uh, Houdini. They set up a code before he died to uh, try to communicate with each other. Bess and Harry agreed their secret code would be Rosabelle Believe, but Bess learned from Houdini himself to be skeptical. Finally, in 1936, after 10 years of attending seances, Bess acknowledged that Houdini was gone for good. So in life and in death, Houdini was determined to expose these frauds for who they really were. And there's a conspiracy behind who the the guy that that punched him in the stomach was working for and i've seen a couple docuseries and a, and a couple documentaries that make it pretty clear that whoever the person was that hit him was somehow in connection with all these big time uh spiritualists and they wanted to take him down because he was exposing how they made their money they were he was exposing everything he went as far as to go to congress and beg them to make it illegal to be a you know a practicing spiritualist and to take people's money because he saw that they were taking advantage of of widows and of of you know people that that uh what, what word am i looking for people looking to connect with their loved ones that didn't yeah. have much money left and they give them these promises of being able to speak to them and they rip them off yep 
Well, this third clip, uh, I think it might blow your mind, Jake. So let's play that third clip. As far as contemporary movements go, spiritualism is generally agreed as having been popularized in earnest by the Fox sisters in 1848 after they supposedly channeled a spirit right before their neighbor's eyes from right within the comfort of their upstate New York home. Word quickly spread about the girl's feet, paving the way for a sort of spiritualist craze at the time. This is where a lot of classic iconography of spirit communication comes from, especially the more theatrical things like seances while gathered around a table, for example. Just over a decade later, spirit photography came onto the scene and really has not gone away ever since. Needless to say, people were dabbling in all manner of new attempts to unravel the mysteries of the afterlife, and it wasn't limited to just everyday citizens. According to WhiteHouseHistory.org, First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln practiced spiritualism, first doing so after the death of her second youngest son in 1862, when the boy was just 11 years old. Eventually, Mary would hold seances in the Red Room of the White House, some of which were attended by none other than President Abraham Lincoln himself. While probably the most noteworthy practitioners of spiritualism in this era, the Lincolns were far from the only prominent names on that roster. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was an outspoken advocate for spiritualism, and while not necessarily sold on spiritualist methods, Thomas Edison even joined the fold at one point with his attempt at creating a telephone that could contact those on the other side. Speaking of the other side, spiritualism had also had its fair share of critics, the most notable of which probably being Harry Houdini. Boom. While most people know of Houdini for his work as a magician and escape artist, he also spent a considerable amount of energy debunking fraudulent mediums, even going as far as to testify in front of Congress hoping to get fortune-telling banned in Washington, D.C. So this is something called Stories with spiritism. details leave okay, us wanting so it's more. A little bit different. To get to the bottom of what truly transpired, the whole picture is sometimes just out of reach, leaving us with an incomplete narrative. One such story brings us to 1960s Brazil, where two suited men were found lifeless side by side atop a hill, with no apparent signs of injury, along with raincoats, cryptic notes, and most bizarre of all, two crudely constructed lead masks in the shape of eyewear. This would later be dubbed by the media as the lead mask case, and it's been the source of wild speculation since the men were found nearly six decades ago. It's a tale laced with accusations of police negligence, possible third-party involvement, and even whispers about secret societies and UFO sightings. Whether this case is what it seems to be on the surface or not, the circumstances surrounding how these two men ended up on that hill are fascinating. August 17, 1966. Two close friends by the name of Miguel Jose Viana, 34, and Miguel Pereira de Cruz, 32, are about to embark on a journey together to buy a car and electronic equipment. Or at least that's what they told their wives when they packed up roughly 3 million cruzarios and set out to catch the 9am bus. Manuel and Miguel were both TV repairmen, so to their families, nothing about this trip seemed too far-fetched. The duo claimed they'd be heading all the way to Sao Paulo, some 400 miles away. Instead, however, they arrived in Niteroi, just outside of Rio de Janeiro, something they'd intentionally planned on based on the bus tickets later recovered by authorities. This was at approximately 2pm, and over the course of the next couple hours, the men made several stops. 
They first visited an electronic shop, chatted with the owner, and left without making any purchases. Following this, they hopped from one store to another, buying a bottle of mineral water along with two raincoats to go over their suits. Later that afternoon, at about 5pm, a young local boy noticed the pair sitting atop Vintum Hill, but paid them no mind despite admittedly being curious given that these men were in formal attire and had donned the aforementioned raincoats. The next day, curiosity got the best of the boy, and that's when he decided to go and take a peek at the spot where he'd seen the men perched. Surprisingly, Miguel and Manuel were still there, just this time they were lying down. Assuming they were sleeping, the boy once again walked away. The boy's third encounter with the duo would by far be the most shocking. Once again in the area, the boy didn't see Manuel and Miguel, but he did smell something terrible. To his horror, the men hadn't been sleeping at all, but were in fact dead, their bodies in an advanced state of decomposition after being exposed to the elements for what at that point was over three days. When authorities arrived on the scene, they were greeted with far more questions than answers. The first few were obvious. What were these two doing up in the hills dressed the way they were, and how did they die given that there were no apparent signs of injury to either corpse? Beside the bodies was the water bottle they'd purchased just before making their way up the hill, but also present were two extremely bizarre things in particular. The first being a pair of DIY lead masks in the shape of glasses, and the second being some notes containing basic electrical equations, and most notably, the following instructions. Also of note was the fact that Miguel was reported to have roughly 157,000 cruzarios on him while Manuel had just 4,000. A far cry from the combined 3 million or so they supposedly started with. The pair were quickly identified, which allowed authorities to cast a wide net for their initial investigation. To many, this may have seemed like it was Manuel and Miguel's intended outcome, but based on the notes, it's not hard to come to the conclusion that the men did not intend to die on that hill. If so, what really happened? Were they robbed, set up, maybe even gotten into some kind of accident? The first step would be to find out exactly what Manuel and Miguel were trying to do atop that hill, because buying a car definitely was not it. According to accounts at the time, the bodies of both men were sent in for autopsies and examined for signs of poisoning, all of which returned negative. With science unable to draw any conclusions, the authorities began turning to the pair's friends and family, all while the media began to fuel public speculation. One local man caught wind of the story and felt that he had information important to the case. He explained to authorities that on the night of August 17th, his wife and children had been driving nearby Ventum Hill and stopped to look at what appeared to be a UFO floating above it, or at least an oval object that appeared orange in color which had what was described as a band of fire around its edges. Soon other locals would come forward to corroborate this sighting. Meanwhile, the police managed to gather a fair bit of interesting information regarding the two friends. This is when the pair's cover story came to light via their widows, and even more would come from the men's direct family members. According to Miguel's sister, before his departure on August 17th, he'd explained that he had some kind of mission to carry out, and an important one at that. As for what it entailed, she claims he wouldn't say. Now, it's time that one Alicio Gomez would enter the picture, a name that you're going to hear a lot throughout the duration of this episode. Gomez was described by one of the widows as being Miguel and Manuel's assistant, but now he would become a suspect. Taken into custody for allegedly providing conflicting accounts, Gomez would go on to explain that the two men were what they called scientific spiritists. Scientific spiritists. He claimed they'd engage in experiments and even ran a clandestine radio station in their spare time. Gomez would also explain that the men were a part of some kind of secret society, and that most TV repair technicians were also practicing scientific spiritism. 
Eventually, police would lose interest in Gomez, and while Manuel's widow had claimed to have seen the two having an argument, his brother would later go on record in a 90s TV documentary, stating he didn't suspect Gomez of foul play. Either way, police were on the lookout for a possible third person. The men were found with foliage on the ground that had been neatly cut with some kind of blade, but no such tool or item was ever recovered from the scene. Also puzzling was the fact that according to reports at the time, the note on the men didn't bear their handwriting. What's even more curious here is the fact that Manuel and Miguel aren't even the first lead mask case. In 1962, a man by the name of Hermes, also a TV repairman, was found dead atop a hill. This case, however, has been mostly lost to time and therefore lacks sufficient details to connect it to what happened in 1966. Scientific Spiritism this may sound a tad confusing since most people are used to hearing the word spiritualism, and even then the word means different things depending on who you ask. Either way, spiritism and spiritualism are not exactly the same thing, even if they very much sound like it. With such big names battling at either side of the spectrum, it's not hard to see just how widespread spiritualism had become at the time. That said, Spiritualism was never a formal movement. It wasn't founded by a singular individual and codified, but spiritism was. Spiritism is considered to have gotten its start in 1857, more than a decade after the Fox sisters had thrown the US into a paranormal frenzy. More specifically, its origins hail from a book, simply called The Spirit Book, authored by French educator Alan Kardec. Kardec had also gotten caught up in the spectacle of seances and spirit communication, which led him to digging into mediumship himself, eventually birthing what he called Spiritism, which he described as, quote, a science which deals with the nature, origin, and destiny of spirits, as well as their relationship with the corporeal world. Today, both spiritualism and spiritism live on in various forms all across the globe. But when it comes to spiritism in particular, there's one country that stands out from the rest. And that, of course, brings us back to Brazil. In the late 60s and 70s, spiritism experienced a surge in popularity thanks to the works of philanthropist Chico Javier, who wrote books on the subject and even appeared on national television a number of times, setting records while doing so. Towards the end of his life, Javier would be nominated by over 2 million people to receive the Nobel Peace Prize. Needless to say, the man was popular, and today Brazil is said to have the largest concentration of spiritists on the planet at approximately 4 million strong. Just like any idea and with spiritualism before it, spiritism has splintered off into an infinite amount of forms that vary from follower to follower. With this in mind, we can now turn our attention back to Miguel and Manuel. A book on spiritism was found in Miguel's workshop alongside remnants of lead, the pages highlighting sections about mass, intense light, and of course, spirits. Now, this is where Manuel and Miguel really seem to apply their own flair to this. According to Gomez, the pair had long held hopes of communicating with beings on Mars, presumably what they considered to be Martian spirits. They did this through experiments, one of which would even fuel local myths of UFOs and extraterrestrial life. June 13th, 1966. Residents of Campos are witnessing what they believe to be a UFO floating above the water just offshore. Whatever this object was, it was bright. So bright, in fact, that some described it as almost blinding. After just several minutes, the object began to rise, and soon after, it exploded. The boom being so loud that it was allegedly heard from miles away. Locals in the area, and in particular fishermen who had a front row seat, claim that they saw the UFO fall into the sea. This event caused enough of a ruckus for Brazilian military intelligence to get involved, although not much details on their findings seems to have made its way to the public eye. They do mention having intercepted some kind of bizarre conversation over the radio on June 12th, but that's as much as anyone seems to know on that topic. That said, I'm sure you can already see where I'm going with this. According to Gomez, he was invited by our two lead mass men to attend an experiment in Manuel's garden, something that was also confirmed by Manuel's very own father as having taken place. 
Although the details are unclear, Gomez explained that the friends had created some kind of device, and we can only assume that it exploding was not part of their plan. Whatever this device was, it sounds strikingly similar to the one supposedly seen by locals at Vintum Hill on that fateful August 17th evening. It seems the men were once again trying to use a device as part of their communication with extraterrestrial spirits, only this time there didn't seem to be an explosion so much as just the device going up in flames. Whatever happened, it doesn't seem like this part of the experiment caused Manuel and Miguel's death since, again, there were no signs of injury to either body. With all of these factors in mind, really the only logical explanation we're left with is that whatever these men ingested is what killed them, but what about the autopsy and toxicology reports? Well, as you might expect, that's probably the most hotly contested part of this case. There are so many different heads talking at once that when it comes to the science here, it's not easy to figure out who to believe. We do know almost for certain that there were capsules involved, and presumably the men did take them based on the bottle of water that they bought on their way to the hill. Still, nowhere in my research did I find any reports about either the whole capsules or the remnants being found anywhere over the course of the investigation. In the 90s TV documentary, the medical examiner who worked on the case said himself that the men had been thoroughly examined for signs of poisoning, and that parts of their organs were even dissected in the process. Whether or not this is actually true, we'll never know. Some claim that the advanced state of decomposition could have gotten in the way of such things, and even more concerning is the fact that one of the medical examiners allegedly wanted his name removed from the initial report for unknown reasons. About a year after Manuel and Miguel were found, their bodies were exhumed and tested once again for toxins. With hair tests, they searched for arsenic, mercury, barium, and thallium, the results of which are arsenic 0.0000041%, mercury, barium, and thallium all at 0.0001%. Experts at the Atomic Energy Institute in Sao Paulo claim that this proves scientifically that the deaths of these men were not caused by any of these specific poisons. Of course, this doesn't necessarily rule out poisoning altogether. So I'm sorry I kind of took a left turn there, but I thought that was very important. And since you were here, I thought I would get your opinion on it. So let's start with the Harry Houdini topic. What are your thoughts about the Harry Houdini? Thing? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just I didn't know that about Harry, that he uh, was on a mission to kind of expose the trickery and the wickedness behind the spiritualists at the time. Mm hmm and how he was trying to prove that these seances were really just scams mm -hmm. really and um i do kind of wonder what was he thinking like getting his wife to continue on doing the very thing he was against for 10 years and i, I bet there's a whole bunch of occult fascination with uh harry houdini's wife carrying on those seances for 10 years i'm, I'm kind of curious who participated in those and and uh and you know, because I know uh, from the biblical lens, at least, uh, there's a reason that there's a command to not communicate with the dead. Because I do think throughout history, there have been times that there is a way for people to communicate with the dead. Mm -hmm. um, just off the top of my head, you know, one being uh, Saul, the King Saul, getting the witch of Endor to conjure up Samuel. And Samuel's like, well, guess what? You're going to be with me tomorrow. <laughs> so it wasn't good news. Um, but, you know, there's also the perspective that 
those who are communicating with the dead are communicating with familiar spirits, which are demonic entities that have followed those people and they're mimicking or acting like the dead that mm -hmm. are communicating. Uh, but I mean, with the story with Houdini, he seems to be like outright just calling it all nonsense. And uh, well, I think he used, he used his death, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, but he used his death to further expose spiritualism to, to, to show that, that, even 10 years after his death, he wouldn't communicate because he's gone. Yeah. You know, and that these people are frauds. And so that's what I, I got from it. But yeah, it could be, it could be so many different things. And then the so conspiracy of it, him being, being punched, punched yeah. by somebody who was affected by him coming after all of the, you know, the, the people fortune telling, mm -hmm. talking to spirits and their crystal balls they sent this possible assassin to punch him that I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. I, th I, I can't remember what platform it's on, but there's a really, really good docuseries about that topic. Like the whole, the whole thing is about how Harry Houdini was murdered and who murdered him and why he was murdered. And it's all about this kind of thing. So maybe next week I can tell you kind of more about where you can find that and stuff like that. I'll have to do more research on it. I know I watched it, but I don't know where because I watch a lot of things because... That happens to me all the time, man. Well, I'm constantly I'm like, researching man, for the I show. I remember that, that video or whatever, and it's just like there's so many that scroll through. It's just so, so hard to recall, you know, some of the great information you can come across. What do you think about the lead mask? Uh, that was really interesting. The scientific spiritualists right the the they're, people they're called uh it's spiritism is what they it's like spiritism. a branch I, I think it's pretty much the same thing but it's like i don't know more culty i guess i mean it kind of to be honest some of the things reminded me of some of the things that like joe rogan promotes on his podcast you know he's like yeah just take a little bit of the dmt you know and you'll see all those alien spirits and all that you know it kind of makes me think that this was an early precursor of kind of the modern uh, pharmacopoeia phenomena, mm -hmm. right? Of people who are all seeking after the spiritual realm through different substances. And, and it makes me wonder if the, the guys back then were just like, yeah, if you go up on this hill and take this, you know, a couple pills. You, put these lead masks yeah, on. Yeah, put these lead masks on. You're going to have a trip you'll never forget. <laughs> you know? And they just happened to get their hands on some bad bad stuff and it killed him but because i've seen that being i've seen that mystery a couple of times i think it was even on unsolved mysteries i could be wrong but it's probably one of my favorite shows ever the original not the new one the new one's kind of good but old one is superior with uh, robert Sachs. He, he's the best I, even the connection with the ufo topic yeah was, was really that, interesting that's why i kept that in there because i was like ufo water something weird there and I want to bring this up with Jake and see what he thinks about it. And uh, what do you think about that? I, I, well, there was an article I wanted to talk about today uh, of a recent news article coming out talking about UFOs being found on ocean floors. Uh, and uh, we, we didn't get to include it in today's Skiba News Nation, but there's something about water and the UFO phenomena. You know, is that where these entities go and hide out that's why we don't see them you know normally and they come out of the water or is that possibly where 
these people have figured out that spiritual entities are actually at. It's no, not so much the UFO, but the spiritual entities they're trying to connect or associated with bodies of water. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, but I, de I definitely think this whole scientific spiritism thing is interesting because kind of kooky kind of I mean, kooky i mean it's good to expose stuff like that on Stephen news nation i think yeah. i mean just to show that like harry houdini wasn't a, a a bad person like he he did he did things because you know we're, he's a human being and he wanted to have that connection with his mom but then he saw that they were frauds and so he dedicated the rest of his life to exposing it and i think yeah. Yeah. exposing things are what's important uh, in, in today's world and that kind of leads up to the next clip about I'm about to expose to you guys what the lefties have been it's just just watch this clip hypocrisy illegal immigration is wrong and a primary goal of comprehensive immigration Chuck reform Schumer. must be to dramatically curtail future illegal immigration people who enter the united states without our permission are illegal aliens and illegal hmm. aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the u.s legally the only way we're going to have a great future in america is if we welcome and embrace immigrants the dreamers and all of them because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here hypocrisy what we need to do simultaneously you know, secure our borders with technology, personnel, uh, physical barriers, if necessary, in some places. We will not build a wall. Huh? Instead, we will build an economy where everyone who wants a good job can get one. Ladies and gentlemen, no great country can say it is secure without being able to control its borders. I voted for offense. I voted like, unlike most Democrats, some of you won't like it. I voted for 700 miles. There will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration. Between 2005 and 2009, a vast amount of progress has been made on our borders and ports of entry. The progress includes construction of a 630-mile border fence, or 630 miles of border fence, that create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. I made it so, so clear to the president that there is not going to be a wall. We can't tolerate a situation where people come to the United States in violation of the law. We must also clarify the status of millions who are here illegally, many who have put down roots. For those who wish to become citizens, we should require them to pay a penalty and pay taxes, learn English, go to the back of the line behind those who played by the rules, that is the fair, practical, and promising way forward. The bill before us will certainly do some good. It will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. Getting questions constantly from foreign leaders about uh, some of the wackier suggestions that are being made. We're going to have strong, incredible borders, and people are going to come into our country, but they're going to come into our country legally. It's not just Mr. Trump's proposals. I mean, you're also uh, hearing concerns uh, about Mr. Cruz's proposals, uh, which in some ways are just as draconian. What about your proposals? We're going <laughs> to build a wall. This is just one more example of something that uh, is not thought through and is primarily put forward for political consumption. I voted for offense. 
I voted him like unlike most Democrats, and some of you won't like it. I voted for 700 miles of fans. But let me tell you, we can go to fans 40 stories high, <laughs> unless you change the dynamics. So what a bunch of hypocrites. I mean, what are your thoughts <laughs> yeah, about man. that? As soon as Trump said, we're going to build a wall and we want them to come in legally, it's like they completely changed their mindset and the way that they think about coming in legally and becoming a citizen, which, I mean, who doesn't want that to happen legally? It goes right along with that news story we started off with, with Texas sending down military vehicles to slow down the flow of immigrants illegally coming into this country. And uh, it just says a double down of kind of the hypocrisy, uh, kind of like that story we covered of how uh, Florida sent up all those immigrants to the, the Martha's vacation, vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. And they were like, no, you can't stay here, even though all of their policies and talks all about opening doors and welcoming people. Um, and uh, I mean, uh, there are people in need. There are people that uh, have bad living situations in their home countries and they need a place of refuge. They, they need better economic opportunity. However, undermine, undermining the path to citizenship, undermining uh, laws and allowing people to be in our country uh, that are not documented um, and not willing to participate in the legal system uh, is opening up our country to violent crimes, mm -hmm. uh, gangs, uh, trafficking, human trafficking is probably one of the number one issues with the border crossing problem. Yeah. I mean, uh, just in the time we've been down in Texas, we constantly, um, Sierra and my phone are going off with Amber alert this, oh, Amber yeah. alert that. Every day. And, and I think, and I don't get that very often, really? a little further up north. And I kind of wonder if it's because we're so close to the border and so many people are being kidnapped and taken back and forth. And, and uh, you know, maybe that's a reason they're sending military vehicles, you know, tanks and stuff down to the border to, you know, stop some of the bad types that are coming back and forth. And, you know, it's just the hypocr hypocrisy. The number one thing I got out of that video is. Yeah, it's kind of like Houdini exposing the hypocrisy. You know, we, we should yeah. always expose hypocrisy when we see it because... I mean, that that's just right in your face. Yeah, you know? it really is. So, anyways, that's all I got for history. Sorry I took such a big left turn, but I only have Jake for so many days. And so, uh, I wanted to share that with you guys. So, that's all I got. And it's time for some memes. Meme me up. Meme me up. All right, so after some of the depressing news stories we've covered today, uh, it's always important to uh, you know leave off with a high note, right? So let's show this first meme here. It, isn't it weird how we pay money to see other people? And somebody comments, you mean prostitution, concerts, <laughs> or movies? And the answer is no, glasses. And being somebody that wears glasses myself... Uh, Yes, it is kind of weird how I pay to see other people crystal clear. I think everybody in this room has prescription glasses on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it is a, a cost that when the apocalypse hit hits, I'm going to be like, man, I wish I kept that old pair of glasses I threw out. You know, now it's so hard to find somebody to get. But sometimes I wonder if you go to the the eye doctor 
if they don't have kind of a like a a, a, a sifty ploy to change your vision so that you have to keep coming back for a new prescription because I always go back and I'm like, and they puff your eye with yeah, that. they puff your eye and thing. they're like, all right, is this clear or this clear? And they send you home with a prescription that's slightly different than the one you had. And, and I don't know about you, but when I go home after that, I feel like I'm in a bubble for the next week until I'm used to the classes again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Anyways, next meme here, we got Facebook ads right up in your face and things I've mentioned in the <laughs> privacy of my own home. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook is all over monitoring our habits. Next picture here. Worried about dying? Don't. You will live forever, right? The scripture talks about there's a resurrection coming, but all you have to worry about is location, location, location. <laughs> yep. All right, next picture here. Your call is very important to us. Please enjoy this 40-minute flute solo. <laughs> oh, man. When de dealing with... Uh, Walgreens. Walgreens, insurance companies, medical stuff. You know, oh, they put these flute solos on, and you're just there for hours and hours I waiting. can whistle it back to them sometimes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, when they, when they finally pick up, I'm like... <whistles> like whistling it back to them. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that, too. Oh, no, I put myself in hold. All right, next picture. Uh, a church you can relate to. I've been looking for a church like yours. I'm heavily into sin, and I have absolutely no desire to change. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes our, our modern uh, religious systems are more country clubs than yep. places to walk out righteousness. All right, next picture here. The only facial expression I've had for the last two years. Huh? <laughs> Welcome to clown world. Yep. Marky Mark there. Next picture here. Me explaining to the triple-juiced, double-masked people who are scared of a cold why I can't be around them. <laughs> You're a thief of joy. That's why. <laughs> oh, man. Michael from The Office. Love him. Well, you know, all the brainwashing we've covered today, uh, unfortunately, that's how it kind of turns out is they just all they care about is what the news is telling them to be scared of next. Yep. All right. And our final meme of the day, a lot of problems can be solved by removing <laughs> some foods and some people and some habits and beliefs from our life. And, uh, and you know, that's pretty true. Uh, maybe just kind of a, not such a funny meme, but more of a good reminder, you know, of focusing on ourselves more so than focusing on everyone else out there. Sometimes, you know, even though that's kind of what we're doing on Skiba News Nation, we're kind of looking out and seeing all these deceptions. It's good to make sure we are working on ourselves first. So that's all the memes and news for today, man. It's been awesome, great. man. Well, this has been a great Skiba News Nation with your current news and Opa's great Opa's Corner. And I hope you enjoyed the history. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed episode 24. And we'll see you in episode 25. So stay tuned. If you would like to submit a story, topic, or have any other inquiries, please email submit at skibanewsnation.com. Also, you can email Jeremiah Skiba personally at jeremiah at skibanewsnation.com. Also, email Jake personally at jake at skibanewsnation.com. If you want to write us a letter, send us something, help support us, or just say hi, 
please send your letter to Jeremiah Skiba, P.O. Box 560-271, The Colony, Texas 75056. If you write us a letter, I'll do my best to write you back. Hey Skiba News Nation family, thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can also help support this channel by getting yourself some Skiba News Nation merch. Also, we are proud to announce that we are now on Patreon, where you will get bonus content, shoutouts, and much more. Thank you again for watching and helping us stay on the quest for truth. Huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this show without you. If you want to help support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Nation. We are also proud to announce that Skiba News Nation podcast is now available on podcast platforms. 